welcome to Reddit Talks Clash. Uh, it's our uh, podcast run by the moderators of our slash Clash of Clans tonight. Very special guest, uh, uh, Clash with Eric uh, of One Hive Gaming. Uh, how you doing, Eric? Um, pretty good here, just chilling. Long stream today. Streamed a lot of events today. That was that was wild. Oh uh, yeah, you've been crazy busy lately. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we just got uh we just got back from California. We were out there uh, doing the Snapdragon. Me and uh, Clash Bashing were. So that was a pretty wild show that we had out there, and a lot of travel. Like we were like they were doing like weekly shows every single Friday, and we had to go all the way to California for it. So, um, it's a good sign for like Clash of Clans esports as a whole. But it's uh, it was it was rough. It was a rough summer to say the least. But <laughs> we made it. Uh, what's next for you? Uh, well, beginning of August, we have the Snapdragon Finals. So that will be the Golden Ticket competition. So they have mm -hmm. the North American, the EU, and the India teams have all been decided now. So four from each region are all going to play that what first uh, Thursday and Friday of August. And then on the Sunday is going to be the finals where the winner of each of the regions will face out for the golden ticket to Clash of Worlds. So that'll be our third ticket to give away. That's a lot of commuting, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that one will be a little bit different because that one will be the first time post-pandemic that they are actually sending players to an event, which is oh, kind nice. of a big deal, you know. Oh, wow, uh, yeah. Everything else has just been casters, and that's the first time they're actually sending players. Wow. That, that's that's a really good sign, to be honest, because, uh, you know, I remember when there was even doubts about whether this year's Clash Worlds would be hosted online or in real life, but it's good to see that now they're almost fully transitioning back to having real people there which is nice yeah definitely just overall how do you feel about the changes to uh to, to the whole worlds and all the all the setup that's been going on this year i mean it's been uh obviously it's i'm not sure how the last four tickets are going to go i mean we'll see how the new format works but I mean, before they would do like every single month they do the big competition with supercell now we have like these drawn out uh, competitions with the four first four tickets like two through the queso cup one from the snapdragon and one from the uh, clash masters and then the other four are all coming from the same tournament and i gotta look out the exact breakdown how that's all gonna play out there but like <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to uh say they have they're gonna rush timeline but it feels like they're gonna be on a little bit of a rush timeline it, to it's get coming up quick tickets yeah it's yeah, like it's all well it's it's all starts like at the what, end of August, uh, beginning of September, and then Clash Worlds is the end of September. So, like, teams will, yeah. like, play through, rapidly qualify, and then they need to turn right back around and get ready to travel out to, to Worlds, you know? So, <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be uh, interesting, to say the least. Uh, the timeline's going to be very, very rapid, and I hope the players and the teams are ready to be able to do that because, like, People got to take time off work and they don't know that they qualify until they qualify, you know, so it's it's difficult and they got to get passports and everything, too. And <laughs> it's a yeah, it's going to be a scramble at the end there. I can just already see it. So I, I know one of the big complaints we've been seeing on Reddit, the kind of the whole last year is just um, the, the perception that Town Hall 14 is too easy, um, at least on the on the pro side. Um, there's been a lot of uh, teams kind of stepping back and enjoying enjoying the game less when it's you know all 14 14 14 15 star wars mm -hmm. uh yeah so i mean how, how do you feel about the balance at, at 14 right now i think it's good right now i think we're seeing significantly less fewer uh 
perfect wars than we were before because like for a while like when before they nerfed the super dragons and when we had like everything was just super dragons at everything and they just didn't miss and every random team who broke out super dragons just had to get lucky to be able to get through to the end of a competition right that became a little bit of a problem but then they nerfed it now we're seeing almost nobody use super dragons and we're actually seeing people return breaking out electro dragons which can be tricky to use against those oh, wow. bases so it's like we're seeing a lot more balance. The perfect wars are a lot fewer and far between. There's only a couple teams who are consistently getting them. And like we see maybe four or five of them per tournament bracket. Like it's not like most scores are coming 13 or 14. And that's expected from that level of team, you know. But in the average war, like most most wars and most slightly lower tournaments are maybe averaging like a 50% hit rate. So that would put us at 12 and 13 score wars, you know. And that's that's with like, especially when you start to go into like mixed breakdown wars where people have extra accounts from like slow or lower town hall levels and they can get scouts and everything like that. Then it starts to, then you start to see the town hall 14s getting cleared and stuff like that. But I mean, as far as the esports side, I think that I think it's pretty good balance right now. I think it's a really, really good spot. I think they should just let it sit and don't touch it all the way into worlds because if they start tweaking it anywhere between now and then, then it's going to throw people off and then just roll straight into town 15 and we can adjust after that you know <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah i think it's quite interesting that super dragons really aren't used well i say aren't used obviously still used somewhat but i remember when the nerf came really. out everyone like everyone was like uh oh that nerf's okay but i don't think it's huge but yet every, you know they seem to have died from the meta like you said and replaced with electric dragons so it was well, not just electric dragons great. Yeah, but like, it's not just a drags. It's like your yeah. um, the hydras, just hydras in general, seem yeah. to be more effective than super dragons in a lot of cases. Yeah, which is weird because I remember when the update came out. I don't think anyone made a big deal about the super dragon impact, uh, super dragon change being hugely impactful. So I wonder if people we just didn't realize, or whether it was just act, you know, what actually happened there. Why didn't we think it was a huge change when it came out? I made a few videos on it um maybe they didn't catch your attention but oh, <laughs> i'll work not. on my thumbnails <laughs> i remember uh, <laughs> i think uh, at least on the sub on the subreddit at least i don't oh, really think okay. a huge <laughs> thing that's where i mainly get all my opinions from just seeing what right. people are complaining about um which is usually a lot of things everyone has something to complain about um yeah i wonder yep. talking about people complaining about things uh if we want to talk about maybe tower 14 and the kind of possible lack of content we've been getting recently in terms of uh the highest level yeah that that's i mean it helps the general player like the clan capital was like it was a big deal like they made a big deal out of it it doesn't really it's it is fun if for the people who enjoy it but it doesn't really have that big of an impact i think the impact that it had was bringing siege machines to the normal player that may not have had access to it or or the 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 super troop donation stuff like that stuff oh, like yeah. that has had a big impact and opens up a lot of variety and then the costless armies like all of that stuff like that's been really really impactful for a lot of players and I know it helps people farm faster helps people progress faster um, but as far as like new strategies emerging out of new content and new troops introduced and stuff like that obviously we're we're not seeing that but like the changes that are happening are taking the strategies that people are seeing all over YouTube and don't really have access to and giving them access to it because they can get the raid middle 
uh, donations and stuff like that. And they have access to things that otherwise they probably wouldn't have access to. And now they can actually go try out all the different strategies that they keep seeing all the time, but maybe they don't have the, the, they not, I mean, with free armies and easy donations, they can play with whatever they want. It just, I think it opens up a lot of an opportunity for the normal player. Yeah. Th there's been a lot of complaints with the lack, like a lack of town hall 14 content, but th this year really has been crushing it with quality of life stuff. Um, the hero extra mm -hmm. life was massive and it's, yeah, it had definitely has improved the, the game experience a lot. Uh, speaking of capital, uh, I know I was uh, scrolling through your videos recently and I saw, uh, the last capital video you did was, uh, was, was a sneak peek video. Are you, are you enjoying the capital or just focus, focusing on, uh, on other stuff or what? I mean, I'll pop in there and do it, but it's like, there's nothing competitive about the capital. I, I post, um, like capital content on my Facebook and stuff like that. Just like, okay. It's just a different style of video that I prefer to go over to there to go play around with it. But like, I mean, as far as like clap capital goes, since there's no, there's nothing competitive about it. It's just bash your head against the base until it goes down. And you know, there's nothing, there's nothing crazy. There's nothing yeah. uh, that's challenging about it. It's just uh, throw it, yeah, just throw yourself at it until you take it down, and then move on to the next one, and then do the exact same thing. This, there's, you don't really lose at any point. You just need yeah. to progress yeah. longer, and it's like, uh, and on top of that, you get so many raid medals out of everything that I can just kind of squeeze in a couple here and there, and I get so many raid medals, I have all the donations I could want, and I that's all I care about, you know? So it's like, you get the rewards for very, very little effort. You have such a small amount of content to consume every week and then you're done and then you move on yeah. and you go actually play I, the game. You know, I think it's a kind capital. Like uh, I assume most of you guys are using super archers uh, or sneaky archers in your mm -hmm. hits. Like it's, there aren't many attack strategies, which is kind of a shame because there are lots of different types of troops, but uh, like they just don't seem to be be being utilized that much, which is slightly a shame. I just literally go in with the same army. I don't look at the base usually, play super right. archers, and that's kind of it. Well, like the one of the difficulties there is you have since super archers are one of the few things that can shoot down your electro or the the, the e what do you call them? super dragons on defense, mm -hmm. right? So you're I think with a lot of the bases, you're very limited on what you can do because there's very few troops that can actually fight back against a super dragon. And so right, that yeah. alone limits you pretty heavily. And then it's just a matter of just, like I said, bashing your head against the wall enough <laughs> times until it breaks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually you'll take it down, you know? It's not, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't make a lot of content on it because there's just nothing competitive and I don't really do casual content. I'd rather stick to, to war content. And I think, that is such a small little side it's almost i don't want to compare it to builder base but it's like it's just a small little distraction from what the game we actually are here to play you know oh, it's yeah. entertaining mildly but there's not the competitive <laughs> edge that you need to hook people into it yeah is there anything you think that could you know in, improve it to make it more competitive um at the current state they need to tweak yeah. it pretty significantly yeah. and open up uh like we'd basically have to be able to turn it into something that you have a versus where you can do like a, a, a clan versus clan and start tournaments and stuff like that. Otherwise it's just a uh, farming extra homework that we have to do on the side. Yeah. I think the biggest thing in clan capital current is you can't lose. 
like I guess technically in a raid you can you know your entire clan can run out of raids but apart from that you know if you just like you said if you just keep bashing a base you're going to crack it mm. eventually so uh, there's not really a scope for wars or anything at the moment unless they made it so you could lose but then that they would have to completely restructure you know how exactly. raids work so I mean, they, I like the rewards yeah. for it. It's got good rewards, <laughs> and so like it's worth it to go play it and get the rewards from it. But as far as anything outside of that, uh, its impact on esports, which is my concentration, there's nothing. There's no impact on esports other than easier donations, and that's <laughs> that's just the way it is, you know. <laughs> All right, uh, okay, taking another question from uh, one of our users. Um, what do you think about the amount of ground attacks in the competitive scene versus air right now? Um, I think it's fine because Lalo, especially since Lalo is one of the attacks that requires the most multitasking, you end up being able to have all these pro players just be really, really good at Lalo. And like most people can't be like that good with it. But I'm, I'm, I like to see the ground attacks there and they just, have, they just had the balance that uh, tweaked, so they are really good. Like you have a couple of really, really, really incredible uh, ground attacks there, and they're just not quite as widely used against the top pros because they like the the control that you have during a lalo and some of those other ones. You end up with a bit of chance, and they don't like that, so they like to stick with something that you have one hundred percent control. And like a queen charge lalo or a superhero lalo, it's one hundred percent control. You have you have uh, tons and tons and tons of customization of where you want to put the troops and exactly what you want to target and how they're going to move to the base, where a lot of other attacks are, you're left to a lot of chance. You go with any of those smash attacks and things attack the wrong wall and get pulled off to the side, you're screwed. You go in with the dragon attack and things don't path directly into the core, then you're screwed. Like there's just, I, I think the ground attacks obviously are really, really strong, but a lot of them have extra factors that the pros don't like to play with, and so they stick to the Lalo attacks where they can have more consistency. And I think that's good, but then everybody sees all the Lalo attacks and like, oh, there's too many Lalo attacks. Lalo's too strong. It's like, no, it's not that they're that Lalo's really or like overpowered. It's that it's really good in the hands of players who can actually have the skill to use it. And then it gets the common player that's not. So then they'll stick to the chance strategies like dragons and and they'll do all right with them, but not to the same level. Yeah, I think sure, a lot of people, like, obviously, lot, <laughs> uh, lots of people talk about, <laughs> lots of people talk about, you know, air being, uh, you know, unbalanced, you know, no one uses ground attacks, but I would probably guess that in most normal wars, uh, super bowlers are probably used more than an attack like Lalo, uh, mm -hmm. you know, compared to a pro war where it is a lot more Lalo. So I think people you know when they watch youtube they often watch pro wars so they get this kind of perception that everyone uses lalo everyone uses air no one uses grounds no but then not. if they actually okay if they actually look at the game <laughs> you know a lot of people it's still this. use grounds yeah um actually one of my one of the, my most preferred strategies right now is ground so i've been using the yeti super wizard bat attack and um, I use it in clan war legs. I use it in a random spans and I use it a lot of my regular town of 14 wars. And it hits very, very easily at 75% hit rates. And I'm like, I'm nothing, I'm not doing anything amazing with it. It's <laughs> basically almost pure spam and it just completely levels bases. And it's not that there, there's obviously some really, really powerful ground strategies out there. You got like super witches, queen charge hybrid, and the the smash attacks with they go in with the super bowlers or the peck of smashes or whatever but like that yeti attack there is like if you if you're trying to figure out attack that will just completely level most town 13 14 bases 
like it's hard to beat that especially when they have anti two-star bases and you're playing the clan whirlies and stuff it just completely levels them without even every without any effort at all it's way easier than a lolo <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh so uh, you, you just said 75 percent. is that like um it, it was it was that kind of an estimate or do you are you actually tracking stats uh just a rough estimate from what i've been doing in my wars recently since i started using that strategy and like I, I don't know. I get so many six packs with it. It's hard to even keep track. You know, oh, I, I miss oh, one every once in a while. Oh, but it, six pack oh, all the time, mm-hmm. all casual. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> the struggle is real. So, uh, um, how how many accounts are you running then? Um, I just run one of every level, and I have one of every level from fourteen to nine, and then I have an eight that just kind of sits passive, and then another a second eleven that's engineered that doesn't get played. Are you in wars with them all like all the time? Oh, we have tournaments going on all the time. Like okay, we're playing yeah. we have so many with uh with like the Mulan Cup and the GCC and a lot of these other like small tournaments like uh Forgotten Town Hall League and stuff like that. Like we are running tournaments on a daily basis almost. Like we're we almost always have something going on. And when we don't, then there's somebody else in the league that I can go stream and cover that instead, you know. So there's almost there's literally something going on almost every day. How many hours a day do you think you put into Clash? You know, the, taking everything into account, not just playing, but um, all your, you know, all your content creation, everything. Oh, um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> probably 60, 70 hours a week. I don't know. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> it but, depends. It like, it's like sometimes it's like a little bit more passive and it's just like, uh, uh it, it can be as much as little as like two hours a day, and then it can be as much as I spend 12 hours a day on it multiple days in a row, you know, <laughs> especially when I start traveling and everything and I have to start stacking that on top of it. But like, are, are you still having the just as much fun now that it's more of a job? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now I can concentrate on it so I don't have to <laughs> juggle a job and try to do this at the same time. That's been that, that's been like that for for almost a year and a half now, two years if. Yeah, well, probably more than two years. Actually, I, I've had a little stuff that I've had to, to juggle in between. But for the most part, just going doing this full time has been enough to keep you busy all day, you know, or <laughs> a big chunk of the day. But it's it's just kind of it's just one of those things where it's like you work from home. And so the, the stuff that you have to do is just scattered throughout the day. And so it's just like you do a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, a little bit there. And by the time you're finishing up for the day, it's like 10 o'clock at night and you were going at it since you woke up. But you have like breaks throughout the day where you where you're just like, oh, I need to step away from it. I don't want to edit videos right now or whatever, you know, but <laughs> you could do it all in one stretch and just be done with it. But I'm not like that. I guess walk us through your journey as a content creator, you know, from where you first started to to how you got to 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 be in you know, Clash with Eric now. Yeah, well, I OK, so I used to work an overnight shift at a factory. And when uh, like all the guys at the, over when I started working, they're like, hey, you should play Clash. And I'm like, OK, let's go play Clash. You know, we got into it. I started to get into it way more than they got into it. And they all started to stop playing and started to move to like Clash Royale when it came out. And then I was just like, well, I'm, I don't really like Clash Royale. It's like, it's OK. I don't I don't hate it. I just uh, it just felt like more of a grind and I didn't feel like I was enjoying it. And so I started deleting all my other extra accounts for them like uh, Boom Beach and Clash Royale. And every time I deleted one of those games, I started another Clash account. And then I was just, then everybody that I worked with started quitting. And I was just like, all right, well, if you guys aren't going to play with me, then I'm going to go find another gaming group. And I'm like, all right, well, what's the only gaming group that I that I hear about all the time that I want to get into? 
and it was one hive. So I just like on a on a whim applied to one hive and they were recruiting at the time, luckily, and I got in and then I uh, played in one hive 2.0 for what? Four or five months before I got a chance to play in the one hive main clan. And that only happened because like the whole one hive main clan was like like completely decked out with like top level players and you had like dark looters and stuff like that. And they were like, uh, also like decked out. And so it was really hard to get into a, a main position on a high level account into one of those wars because like the whole war, the whole season generally relied on those top players at town 12 at the time to be able to deliver. Right. And so I finally got my opportunity when clan Warleys came out. And at the time, most of the wars had, they were running like four, maybe five of Town Hall 12s being the max of the game. And suddenly we had to field 15. And so we started, everybody started like mixing clans together and bringing clan families together as much as they can to be able to field 15 strong players to actually be competitive because that was also at the time a path into the world championship to go through clan Warleys, right? So then we they just went full on into it and they started bringing our people up from and giving people a chance from the from the theater clans. And then I finally got my chance, walked in there, absolutely rocked it during the first uh, chance to go into the clan war leagues. And and then suddenly then Supercell's like, hey, you want to you want I want to come out for the clan war leagues? And they're like, you want to go? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And I went and then got all the uh, the rep from that. And then with the one hive name behind me, I was able to launch the YouTube channel. And then it was all history from there, you know? Yeah, I know One Hive has a really cool and long history. It's like one of the, you know, it's almost like an institution in the game too. I know um, mm-hmm. I first, like when I first started out, it was, it was all like Jake was just like the, the guy who you go to for everything. Um, but yeah, I know I saw the tweet um, a little bit ago about One Hive kind of taking a step back from, from five versus five. Uh, what was going on there? Uh, I mean, now that there's so many big esports. Uh, teams and stuff like that like a lot of the talent ends up going to the big names and so we have a lot of our original players have all a lot of them have retired or taken a step back because like when you play at that level for that length of time it's taxing like you're constantly trying to come up with bases you're constantly especially when you're in a highly streamed clan like when i'm sitting there burning everybody's bases every single time i log in (laughs) then it becomes a little bit difficult to hold on to some fresh bases and so we we have uh, just we had to have whole teams just to sit there and build bases. We had fresh bases everywhere, and that became taxing, and it just wears down on you after a while. And you can't play at that level for forever. And you see it with a lot of big name teams; they play at a certain level, and then they they have to take a step back. They got to take a break from it a little bit and like uh, wind down. Like we see it with like a uh, War and Glory after they or they were Space Station Gaming out of the U.S. and now they kind of just they're they're like they're, they're hard the they're still really good so they, there's just so much raw talent on the team but like they go play in the snapdragon and they got wrecked you know uh <laughs> but you, you see it all over the place there and it's just it's just the, the nature of the beast you have all of our original talent is gone i don't play uh pro anymore because i can't uh compete and cast in the same tournament legally i can't so i have to sit back same with carbon fin lexnos will probably make the transition soon it's who already did all of uh all the the people who want to get into casting and into streaming and stuff like that, we have legal repercussions if we try to play in the tournaments that we're trying to get contracted to work for, you know? So we, we, when you start to take, uh, when you start to take us out of it, then, then the team name starts to dwindle a little bit there. So like, you don't see carbon fin trying to play with tribe and you don't see, 
or Lexnos is still able to play with Chaz Mac because he's not casting, so he can still play. So I don't know. It's a, it's a different beast there when you are trying to transition into casting. Like, kind of, what point did you uh, think you step back from playing professionally and go into casting? Like, what kind of made you make that change? Because obviously, it's a pretty permanent one if you legally can't play in certain tournaments. Um, it was like when after the second world championship no wait after the i guess it was after the first world championship uh i wanted to get into the casting and i kept like getting overlooked and i was like all right well i need to i they're not they can't because i am playing and i keep on signing up for the tournaments and they can't get me into it like i was told specifically when in the uh 2020 season in the 2020 world championship season they're like you we can bring you in as like a special guest or whatever you can come say hi and do a short segment and but you can't actually cast so you have to sit back and and then when we have an opening we'll get you we'll get you in kind of thing you know it's like not like you, you end up losing out on those opportunities and uh, it's like you don't know when they're going to call your name to be like hey come come cast worlds or something like that but you have to be prepared and be keep your distance from the other tournaments. And when I started to do that, then I had the other opportunities from like ESL pop up and was able to get into that. So it ended up uh, I, like stepping stones into it because that's like uh, Carbon Finn was his, his first uh, tournament uh, straight before he started doing Worlds was was the ESL tournaments, right? So it's like you do one step at a time and eventually you get up there. There wasn't yeah. like, I guess yeah, after the season one of worlds was when I started to start thinking that about that a lot more because I'm like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be on a team that's going to win worlds, but I want to focus on my specialty, which is the content creation side of things. And I'm like, I'll play to my strengths and push for that instead and make that the focus. So I imagine you also have to stay pretty objective while you're doing the casting then. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm another fan of all these teams. I have my favorites, and people yeah. know. Like, people have their favorite. Everybody has their favorites, but I'm like, yeah, you play it as uh, non-biased as you can. But obviously, there's underdog. You know who's the underdog, and you know who the top teams are, and that's no secret. And you can just learn to play to that in your casting. You know, it's not like <laughs> you, oh, don't yeah. to, you don't have yeah. to. You don't have to be cheering for a big team and cheering against another team. You never cheer against a team. You just cheer for the. The team that you you think is the big team that you want to see there, you know, and the other team upsets them, then it's just like, oh, oh snap, you know. <laughs> Are there any particular like players that are possibly favorites uh, for whatever reason? Oh yeah, Synthay from MSC Sports oh, is my yeah, favorite. I tell favorite. him all the time, and he sends me hearts <laughs> on Twitter. And <laughs> oh yeah, Synth- Synthay is <laughs> definitely uh, my favorite. He's a lot of fun to watch. Everybody loves yeah, Synthay. His, his whole variety of packs are extremely fun. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, I was like, I'll watch those videos and I'll and then I'll try and get cute, and it's always terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that is the thing about watching games. Like, whenever I watch a pro war, I think, oh, you know, like they could do that. Why? Why can't I do that? And I go into a war attack, and oh my god! Like the first time I tried a skelly donuts, that was. Mm-hmm. That was a different it's, experience. It's that was not what I watched. You have to have proficiency. <laughs> it doesn't work without it. Yeah. There's some government yeah. loopholes to jump through, and so I'm sure they got their obstacles, and they're they're going to figure it out because it's worth their money. All right. So uh, here's a question from Eccentric Noodle. Uh, he says, "Any hope for the Town Hall Attack tier list series to come back?" Oh, I did one video on that, and I wanted to do more, 
There are a lot of work, though. There are so much prep because oh, I got to yeah. build graphics for every yeah. single different attack for the list. And it's like it just a, like actually making the video once it's all set up is a piece of cake. But I'm like, I got to I got to have the motivation to sit there for hours on end building graphics to just set up the video. <laughs> and I need to do it. It's definitely been on my list of things to do, but just haven't got around to it. So <laughs> I it is it does need to come back, though. I need to go in and finish my uh, series there and probably redo the series from start, you know. But yes, that is uh, that performed really, really well. A lot of people enjoyed that, and it's uh, I, I do want to bring it back. Yeah, I know uh, a lot of the balance changes we just got to are aimed down at that town hall eight to eleven range. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, which is kind of it's, it's kind of weird to me a, a little bit. Uh, was there anything significant out of those that you recall? Um, it. It I know. Really I, affect. I mean, it's it's that's uh, that level's generally easy, anyways. But the problem is, in all those low levels, everybody just spams dragons. They just zap out their defenses and spam dragons. So, sad, so it's just like too. it's just like bringing go wipe and stuff back. It's nothing crazy. I and know, then I, I like the changes that they did with Valkyries, like across the board, like all the way through. We've been breaking out Valkyrie attacks like crazy, and they're crushing. Like they're the oh, really? small little buff that they got. Like they're pretty solid. Um, <laughs> I've been impressed with them actually. Uh, well, uh, what yeah. town holes? We just um, did a. I don't know if you saw on uh, YouTube over the last few days here, but we've been doing. We've been breaking them out at ten, eleven, and twelve, and nice. they're like just like almost like usually at like town hall ten and uh and lower or whatever. We're breaking out Valkyries with bowlers and we're doing Falcon attacks, right? But we started breaking out just mass Valkyries more often because the bowlers just weren't performing, and so we went with like we've been going with uh, attacks with uh 15 to 20 valkyries in them and uh, the valkyries just by themselves with just a queen following along as you don't as long as you don't run into a lava hound defense like they just rip through bases and it's they make quick work of them <laughs> it's actually pretty impressive yeah when they actually go into the base they're always extremely uh yeah that, that, that helps <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then don't immediately attack a different wall and leave the base again yeah, yeah. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> right. Um. I wonder. Have we, Rick? Have we mostly got through the questions on the document? Are you looking at the live chat right now? Uh. Yeah. I'm. I'm been trying to browse and, and talk at the same time to to see what other um what other stuffs popping up. Whole lot of yeah. whole lot of like specific questions. Uh. You know, like stuff like uh, what's your favorite builder hall attack? Oh, baby dragons. Clearly. Baby dragons. Uh, well, it depends. It depends because Builder Hall has a, a little bit of a transition that you have to make. So when you're building a Builder Hall account, if you're going from like uh, any random level, the first thing I always upgrade is Baby Dragons because Baby Dragons are the strongest solo troop and they can clear most bases, especially even just mildly rush bases all the way up to Builder Hall 9. But then you need to transition and start getting the cannon cards to get the Builder and then once I have a max builder base, then I go with a dropship minion, and that's because I'm lazy. But let's let's be yeah, real. That's all I, did. I just want to get my cl- <laughs> just trying to get my attacks done for like the clan games or something like that. But if I'm actually trying to progress in it, then uh, it's baby dragons all the way. I know baby dragons get no respect because everyone just says do carts and barbs, especially if you're just going for auto. But but no, baby dragons you do baby dragons is a solo troop. Yeah. You quickly get to Builder Hall 8, or 9, I mean, and then you can start to build up the cards after you rush up there and uh, just level everything with Baby Dragons along the way. And then all you got to do is 
because Vapor Dragons is so fast, they can triple faster than a lot of other attacks. And so then you just beat the clock and you can progress like crazy. That's how I do every single one of my accounts. And I have the builder, six builder unlocked on every single one of them. Yeah, the the other thing I love about Baby Drags too is uh, it's a lot less dependent on having your having your builder uh, hero up as well. It feels like there's a lot sure. less swing. Yep. Because um, if you're doing the cart based stuff, uh, losing that hero, like you got to deal with dropping two, three hundred trophies and then winning your way back up, and you have them for a day, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's it's annoying. But Baby Drags consistently good across the board, and I'm glad someone is showing them respect. Yeah, I got full videos baby- on it. Baby Dragons mean I actually have to look at my screen and I can't just I know that's the worst part I actually have to pay attention (laughs) I can't just drop it all in a pile and move on to the next attack yeah build a base (laughs) like if you're not on home Uh, village fine but if you're gonna make me look at the screen for more than 10 seconds on build a base it's rough mm, it is I agree (laughs) I guess talking about build a base um and how uh it was you know a side village similar to clan capital uh, do you think Clan Capital will kind of end up like Builder Base, you know, with us all joking about it uh, and laughing at the ex- expense? Or do you think it's going to go a different, possibly more positive direction? I think it will have its hype for a little while, but I, I fear that it has the same fate as the Builder Base. I think people will go do it because it's not like it's. It involves your clan a lot more than the builder base does. I think the clan leaders will focus on it a bit more to try to continue to push progress and stuff like that. So we'll at least have that, the like team aspect, where builder base was almost completely solo. And yeah. so it definitely has a benefit there to like bring a community together a little bit. But until it has a competitive factor to it, it's just not going to have the same impact as the main village. It's it's gonna end up being the just a side project of everything else. And it it's this way I feel yeah. when I play it. I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm it's like when they, when games just start adding like, Oh, more things to do in the game, but it's not anything that actual impacts the game that you want to play. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a side thing that is distracting from the main thing. So, uh, w- uh, what was your first impression? Uh, Cause we heard, uh, they first told us about the, the, the capital back in like March. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, well, like, what was your first impression in at least in between he- hearing what you know the big new feature was, and then, and, and then actually getting your hands on it and playing it? I just wanted to know how it was going to affect esports, and it has no tie over to esports. So it was kind yeah. of just like, eh, all yeah. right, that's fine. Yeah. It's, just, it's something for the casual players to enjoy, and I mean, if it brings more people, uh, more play time, and they're actually enjoying it, then cool. It's just an extra thing. And it'll just, uh, it's its only going to help the game. It's not like it's taking away anything. It's just—it's only adding things and adding more ways for people to to do stuff. So it's like, it's only going to help the game. So I'm, I'm a fan of it in that respect. I'm a fan of anything that is going to just get people playing the game more and give them a reason to log in because that generally just helps uh, the health of the game as a, t- a total. So it's going to end up helping all aspects of the game as a result. So I'm a fan of it because of that, but actual gameplay uh i could pass uh, anything on your wish list for town hall 15 oh we talked about that on the stream today what i want to see is i think an interesting way which is hard to balance uh that they, they should transition to and i've been saying it for a long time i don't know if they'll ever do it they probably won't but i think that an interesting way to more add more customization to your army would be like 
basically hero equipment. So like you have the iron fist for the king. Could you swap that out to uh, something else that makes so that he has a heal spell instead of a rage when he spawns his barbarians? Could you have a queen ability instead of the royal cloak? You have uh, a longer range bow that uh, you sacrifice the ability to use a royal cloak, but you have one tile extra range. Like little things like, like be able to have different customization of gear on your heroes to swap their abilities to different effects. I think something like that would be really cool. And uh, I think something like that to add to tile 15 and maybe you upgrade their pad and you start to upgrade, you know, unlock equipment and stuff like that. That would be kind of an interesting way to go with it. But uh, I don't know. We'll see what they, they end up coming up with. Yeah, that's what I was hoping pets would be essentially. And um, yeah, it's, and it's a little disappointing that, you know, basically I don't think I've touched my pet house in, you know, no, I already put them know. on the same heroes. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they have a best hero to put on. Yeah, and that's just the case. Moved. They just stay there. Yeah, I don't like like the the last time I touched my pet house was was you know to reequip the last pet I finished upgrading. Yeah, yeah, and when you do change them, you just end up uh, getting frustrated that you went into an attack and they weren't on the right one later on, and then you're just like, I'm never changing it again, and you put it back, you know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah it, I think that would be the the biggest thing to consider if they did go with that like alternative abilities route was that they can't just be one kind of right or good option yeah, yeah that's what i mean the balance is difficult yeah. because you have to make yeah. both options be good in different scenarios and if you have a best option then everybody will choose yeah. the best option and the other one will go away and they'll have to then rebalance that and it's just a it'd be a fight to balance it around there and it that definitely yeah. would be tricky yeah, i know like we, we always hear them talking about you know they want players to make those difficult choices and have to have some level of sacrifice and yeah, multiple pets, and even if it's just four more pets that have, you know, another ideal pairing, you're still making a choice between them at that point. So much stuff they're doing, it feels like there's a lot of potential, and it has built a great foundation. And then I, and you know, now it's 14 months later, and here we are. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I wonder if they will add new pets uh, for Tunnel 15. I mean, no, no. Well, what was it Darian who was saying that they like okay so I'm expecting a town hall 15 update mid-October and latest by mid-December I'm saying earliest mid-October latest mid-December <laughs> I think they will announce the town hall 15 at the world championship and yeah. we will have sneak peeks out within two weeks and we'll have it out before Halloween so that oh, we can have the October update that's that's my timeline that I predict I think from a marketing sense and uh, point of view and for the world championship circuits i think that's the the best path forward with that but there's also like where do you go with tunnel 15 is always the question because like darian has said just because we put out a hero at every odd level that doesn't guarantee that we're going to put out it that's just by coincidence that's what we just did you know that doesn't mean it's going to continue that trend i think another hero would be overbearing i think it's too much um but they had to find something else creative to go in for offense and defense. And I think more customization to your heroes would be the way to go. But that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I guess it's just that odd art of everyone wants more, but then Supercell don't want to overcomplicate the game. So it's this mm-hmm. really, really weird balance. Uh, but yeah, I think I think those kind of new hero abilities, they that that would be that would definitely be cool. As long as there weren't loads 
and it was almost overwhelming. Say there was like a whole skill tree or something. Yeah, you don't want be, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be too much. I'm saying that, like that, that speaks into start oh, with God, one alternate. Yeah, maybe start with one alternate ability. Like the king heals instead of rages, and the queen yeah, has one extra tile of ranger and gives up a royal cloak perfect. for it. Like I'm something like that, where it's like yeah, it's just <laughs> utility, carefully. but you give up a massive other utility in the same pro in the same swing. Yeah. You know, this is go carefully one at a time and make sure it's perfectly balanced because the the second there's a best option. No one is yeah. using the other one, and then the yeah, exactly. whole, whole point of it is gone. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, like, it seems like most everything they've done in the last four or five years has been moving the game to be a little more simple. And, and maybe simple is putting it too hard, but like removing all removing all those special things, like, uh, you know, how you thinking way long ago that the, the the damage and a half to hogs from giant bombs and that you can't heal through infernos and you know, the extra Tesla damage to Pekka's from way back when, and now the Eagles, you know, the Eagles all the same. So I don't know. I don't have a lot of hopes for, for an extra layer of complication, but man, that would be fun. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of those changes were warranted and they needed to happen anyways. Like the, the blocking healing was just kind of, it was, it, I think when they got rid of that, that was a huge step forward. Um, that was kind of a nuisance and because it basically just put everybody to always put their bolt up. It, it made single infernos irrelevant is what I mean. Like it just made so a multi-inferno was just like a five single inferno or five single infernos all in one, you know, like it just burned through queen charges and any healing attack. And like, that was just a giant nuisance. Um, but they, they definitely did make the game easier over time, but I think it was for the better because it was way, 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 way too hard at the top level. Uh, back when 10-11 was next, oh, and it really killed the game. It almost did kill the game because yeah, the whole game was on the verge of going down because it was just, like, you couldn't... Getting an 11 versus 11 triple was almost impossible. Getting a 10 versus 10 triple was almost impossible. And so every single war, it was Town Hall 11s trying and hoping that they could <laughs> get a dip, and then the Town Hall 10s were just reaching and trying to get a two-star. And that's really what determined every single war. You know, it was just ridiculous. It was That's not how the game should have ever been. So, uh, so I think it, I think it went in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, so o- over the years, what's been like your favorite meta? Um, Town Hall twelve has always been my favorite, um, and that's where I played pro the most time. And I, I mean, obviously, people say uh, I'm the Witch God, right? So that's always the Witch strategies have always been my favorite. And there's so many different ways that you can use witches. I. They're, they're my favorite by far and everything that uses witches and bats bats in general everything that uses bats bats are I so just much fun it. when they I, work yeah, yeah they are they're so satisfying you know like to just get all the splash damage under control there and to sweep a big old bat wave through the base and just lay waste to it you know and you make one little mistake and it's over and <laughs> and it's like it's it's fun i it's exhilarated every single time i do it yeah, I love watching um like pro attacks and they in those rare occasions and they bring bats. And you know, I'm watching mm-hmm. the attack, possibly forgetting they've got bats. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, this is, this is gonna yeah. fail. And then just suddenly <laughs> there's this wave that just demolishes the base. I'm like, is oh, it... okay, that works. Yeah, bats bat, are bats, bats are a lot are of fun. Awesome. I like I drag bat, uh, peckabo bat, any witch bat attack. Like love it. I see. Or five icy golem or whatever, like all those. Even though I failed one of those today, really bad. That's embarrassing. But <laughs> all right, I think we got time for one more uh, before we we wrap it up. Um, so just to just to close this out, um, I know uh, 
another one of our mods who couldn't make it here tonight uh, had said, you've had a wild ride for the last few years. Uh, where do you see yourself uh, in, you know, like how do you view your future in Clash, you know, over the next couple of years? Well, we've been doing a lot more casting, which has been pretty exciting. So now the traveling is starting to open up and we start to see more live events. I just hope that the investment into Clash Esports ends up uh, paying out and there's and we can continue to build the audience with it. It's just a uh, right now it's just a goal to try to introduce more and more people into Clash Esports and get them and get them involved and that just grows the game as a whole and gives a lot of longevity for the far future. You know, like the yeah. esports are the are the lifeblood that will keep a game going for many, many, many years past where it should have stopped. You know, and so we concentrate on that and we keep on introducing more and more people and the low levels to the high levels. And that's always been my goal. My channel is to is to get Clash Esports to all different levels of player and bring them into it because a lot of people don't even know it exists. You know, there's so many oh, people yeah. out there that have no idea that's even a thing. And it's just a matter of trying to reach those people. And slowly over time, we're getting there. It's going in the right direction, though, because there's a lot of like big name Clash players who don't make content outside of that. And they just are so good at the game and win so many tournaments. And now people start to recognize that they are the top players or whatever. And so you, you end up to start building a team fan base and a player fan base. And that is the start when you stop thinking when this is like faceless people behind playing on a random team, when you can actually see a person and you start to, when people start to become a fan of that person, a fan of that team, that's when esports really starts to take off and get grip into the general society, you know? Like it's yeah. it's that's how we got to get, and then we're getting there. We're we're on our way. Like yeah. it's really really getting established hard. If people are unaware, uh, where can people uh, find your content? Um, fun fact: if you just YouTube search Eric and nothing Ooh. else, I still show up in the top ten. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, but yeah, just go Clash Eric, <laughs> and you'll find me anywhere. You know, it's pretty easy. <laughs> uh, uh, have you ever been recognized out in the wild? All the time. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, I was actually I was at uh when I was out in California for the Snapdragon over the weekend. Uh I was I went to Disneyland and one of the ride operators when I was getting on, he had to stop and chat with me and do a oh. selfie, you know. Like <laughs> so, yeah, there's definitely that you definitely just ran in, randomly run into people and usually it's when I am wearing something clash related to jog their memory. They're like, wait a second, you know. But every once in a while you get the the random person who yeah. recognizes you completely just in normal clothes and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So it's it's fun. That's, uh, that must have just a real feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it ha it's happens enough that it's not <laughs> that big of a deal anymore, you know. But it totally. you, you have people come out every once in a while. Usually, it's like the gym yeah. or something like that, where you're sitting in one spot for a long time, and then somebody because people will recognize you, and you 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 notice that people will stare or whatever, but they don't actually say anything. And then yeah. you're like, yeah, they like, I have a feeling they know, you know. But it's like, uh you have to be in the same spot for a long time or trapped in a line with somebody before they're standing next to you for five or 10 minutes before they actually say anything. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks again uh, for everyone else uh, listening. Uh, you'll be able to find this um, tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll push it out through uh, Apple and Spotify and wherever else you can get podcasts at uh, go check out Eric. Uh, I know um, I'm a huge fan. I, lo I love all your stuff. Um, and yeah, all I can say is thanks again for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All yeah, right. It's that's... been awesome having you on. Thank you.